Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. This is the video edition of the program and we're glad to have you along. You can always find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com and of course here on YouTube you can subscribe and all those things should you desire. Sharing this is always my biggest asset and my biggest request. If you find that this is truth um, in part because you're not going to find a YouTube video or surely not a channel that is truth in its entirety. But if you feel like this is something that the Spirit is saying, would you share it? Would you consider just emailing it? You don't have to blast it on every media outlet you can think of where we have you know thousands of click-throughs. That's not the point. But would you share it with someone you love, someone that you are concerned about, someone that may be a good person to dialogue about this topic? Um, for the reason, for the purposes of, of us growing and maturing, becoming a, a set-apart royal priesthood people. Now, now, surely you're not just tuning in right here. This is part five in the series, and it's getting quite lengthy, of course. Inhabitants who were meant to sojourn. Inhabitants who were meant to sojourn a call to come out. Well, what are we coming out of? We're coming out of the nations. We're coming out of the nations. We're coming out of the nations to become a set-apart royal priesthood people who are looking for a land that is not yet. We're looking for something that is yet before us. Without my even knowing that, that's why I named this podcast The Path to Zion. And and so uh, this this is a podcast I've wanted to do for a very long time, to be honest, and didn't know if I ever would. Um, this is something very close to my heart, uh, uh, addressing and confronting the identity issue for the for the evangelical patriotic Christian American that, for whatever reason, they just do not see the the detriment that it is for them to have a foot in America and a foot in the eternal unseen kingdom of the Father. For whatever reason, I feel like I see that clearly, just like others of you um, see things that I don't see. And that's the importance of the plurality of the people of God working and functioning together is to say, you know what, brother, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but would you look at this? Because I think this isn't really accomplishing what I know in your heart you're wanting to do and to be which is someone who fulfills the biblical call to come out. I mean, all of us would, most of us would say that I would assume every one of us who would watch a program like this would say, we have some understanding that most people don't. Whether you're into just Jesus or church or the Bible, or you're a little further, I want to say further along, to be truthful, further along than just like salvation and basic Christianity. When you move past the cross and you move past the sin issue and you want to become a spiritually mature man who studies and doesn't just regurgitate spiritual teachings and, and do church, you begin to go to the deeper things and even more so, you you hopefully and rightfully so, Man, I see this and I don't know if others see this. I see this and I don't know if others really understand that. And so that's good and right as long as we hold it tenderly, properly, 
in humility. Like I said, ending up part four just moments ago, as long as we hold this saying, you know what? This, to the best that I can figure it out, is truth. Today, the best I know today, this is truth. Any truth I possess is a gift from the Father. If he's brought me out of Easter, if he's brought me out of religion, if he's brought me out of Christmas, if he's brought me out of my sinful, wretched, rebellious ways, if all these accomplishments we have and can kind of put on a wall as a mark of things that we've done good, it's all the goodness of the Father. It's all his kindness. It's all his empowering us and enabling us to be able to do anything that we deem right and good in his sight. It's all from him, including this, including this understanding that I, I feel like I possess of a, of a vantage point that looks down at, at the, the wide way majority evangelical church and says, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't dwell here. Don't set up camp here. Don't defend here. Don't demand your rights here. Don't get, don't get all stirred up, messed up, and distracted in the patterns and ways of this nation. Don't do it. I feel that way. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. All this warrior mindset of rising up and picketing and marching and shouting and declaring. And like I read two days ago that there's, there's this huge movement of people who are going to have like a mock inauguration of Trump in a few weeks. I'm like, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing to force our desires and brand them gods? What are we doing, friends, to what lengths are we going to, Christian America, to just plow through the entire world to get our way? He's, he won, you know. He won. Liars, deceivers, stole the election. We're stealing it back. And let me tell you this for just a moment as I say that, because this is the, this is the word of the Father. I was in a gathering on, on Saturday. And a brother shared, like an older brother, right? Not somebody who's like 20 or just got saved last week, but an older, seasoned, mature brother was started talking about equity. Equity. And he talked about this pull in mankind about if he has it, I have it. If he has this, I get something greater. If you say that, I'm going to say something to top that. If you achieve this, I'm achieving this. And we talked, he start, He planted a seed in my mind that like I had to just, I started journaling some things, man. Like, oh, I got to stop. <laughs> but man, this, this thing of equity, especially like spiritual, spiritually speaking, equity, man, it permeates the American church. Oh, you think you're going to take my rights away? Oh yeah, how about this? You think you're going to come get my guns? I'm getting more guns. You know what I'm saying? You come at me with a pistol, assault rifle, I'm ready. You know what I mean? It's the American way. It's the American way. You got a big truck, I'm getting a bigger truck. You got a nice house, I'm getting a bigger house. Promotions, you know, like equality and greatness and this equity mindset 
of one-upping one another permeates patriotic Christian America, permeates her, permeates her. She will not take second place. No way. We won't lose. And that's what all this jargon and nonsense that is just continually escalating. Once I think it peaks, it goes another level up of this of this Tower of Babel mindset of we are going to prop ourselves up in the best light at all times and don't you dare threaten that or we're taking you out too. You're a liar now. You were on our side yesterday, but then you came out and you disagreed with what we're saying, so now you're out. We're going to... You know what? And this is the thing, and then we're going to move on to the text specifically, but this does... This is what I'm talking about. This is an example of the foolishness of what I'm talking about. The Christian Patriotic Church says to no end, of course, the Constitution, uh, the 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 set ways of our forefathers of how this republic works, of how the government churns along and her rights and her freedoms and, and how the government works with voting and with the states and with representatives and and like you know then and they use that at every possible juncture to prop up their side of things. You don't like this? Well you go to court and you let the courts decide. That's called America, man. That's what you do. You let the courts decide in a court of law under the Constitution, under God's sovereign, you know what I'm saying, God's God-given laws and commands in the Constitution. And you let those play out, friend, and, and what that says goes. And if you're going to whine about it, get out of here and go to Canada. Go down to Mexico with those losers down there. And that's the jargon of the of the evangelical church. And so this is what's ironic is now that same system that they have exalted has now done them wrong and produced results they don't like. And ah, we don't need them. We Electoral college don't need it. Supreme Court don't need it. Liars, liars, all liars. Deceived ones, hey, basically what they're saying, we're going to forget the election. Forget the American election. Ballots wrong. Those machines were made by a Chinese laborer who hates America, and but he loves Joe Biden. He loves Joe Biden. <laughs> it's silliness. It's so silly. It's so silly when you take it out of the context that it's delivered from. And so it makes, it literally makes me laugh. But <laughs> it makes me laugh. But the truth of the matter is, if I can get past my, my giggles here, I'm not saying there's not deception and fraud. Of course there is. There's fraud from the top down in every office of every governmental building in Washington, D.C. Oh, my goodness. They're orchestrating things for you, friend. Let's see how they do when we do this and stir them up and everybody's mad. And which, what, leads to, we're going to have our own inauguration. Forget forget everything we've endorsed for the last four years that, that if you don't like it, get out. We're just going to have our own inauguration. Oh, I'm losing track of this. Okay, now I'm going to lose more people. Okay, so we read Jeremiah chapter 10. What do they do, the Goyim people? The nations. Don't learn their ways. Don't do what they're doing. They're dwellers. They're inhabitants. Stop it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're just gonna we're just gonna read some text and then we're gonna get probably to the to weight the weighty cornerstone issue that I introduced at the end of part four. 
Brothers, I don't want you to miss the significance of what happened to our fathers. All of them were guided by the pillar of cloud, and they all passed through the sea. In connection with the cloud and with the sea, they all immersed themselves in to Moses. Also, they all ate the same food from the Spirit, and they all drank the same drink from the Spirit. They drank from a Spirit-sent rock which followed them, and that rock was the Messiah. That alone, man, isn't that just awesome? Yet with the majority of them, God was not pleased. So their bodies were strewn across the desert. Now these things took place as prefigurative historical events. Why? What, what, why? what are they doing? They're warning us to not set our hearts on evil things as they did. Don't be idolaters, as some of them were. As the Tanakh puts it, the people sat down to eat and drink, then they got up to indulge in revel revelry. Let us not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, with consequences where 23,000 people died in a day. Don't let us put Messiah to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes. Don't grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by a destroying angel. And so this is just saying, hey, don't do what they did. Now, they had some good things. They had some good qualities. They they were all guided by a pillar of cloud. They all passed through the sea. Yet the majority of them were displeasing in the eyes of Yahweh. We have got to get that through our heads. If, 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 if there are good things at the foundation of, the, of this nation, if, we're going to get to that, if, that's a big cap, all caps, capital I, capital F, we have to say, yet, with the majority of them, Yahweh was probably not pleased. Well, what, why, why are we getting told this? What, what is this stuff even here for in 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Well, verse 11 tells us, These things happen to them as prefigurative historical texts, historical events, excuse me. And they were written for a reason. We're told right here, they were written down as a warning to us who are living in the last days. Now, I looked into this a little bit. It's very interesting. In Hebrew, it's um, akarit hayamim, um, the last days. It's as a warning to us who are living in the last days. Us. If they were in the last days, surely we do understand, of course. Oh, yeah, we're in the last days. Therefore, because of this, because of this warning that these things were written down for our good, let anyone who thinks he is standing up be careful not to fall. Listen, this, this has got to sober all of us up. In an hour and an age where I'm convinced the elect are being deceived, when I'm convinced personally, and this is my vantage point, and I'm entitled to have my own opinion, the prophetic words of this hour I, do, I believe are not. I say that with all, all, all types of different ways, and reg, with great regularity. I do not believe that turning on certain programs, I don't get it into name-calling ever. But when you turn on certain programs and it's just this constant, constant, favorable word, favorable message, good things are coming, good things are coming. I promise God is going to bring you favor, church. The bad people are going to prison and you're going to be exalted. It's not the word of the Lord. It's not. It's not. It's not.
May we receive this warning to not set our hearts on evil things as they did. Don't be idolaters as some of them were. That's the first part we were reading in 1 Corinthians 10. But this last day's reality, a warning to us who are living here now in the last days, let any of us who thinks we're standing up be careful not to fall. Be careful, friends. Be careful. If you think you're standing up, if you think you're just like, hey, here comes the truth patrol, be careful, friends. The elect are being led astray. Verse 13, no temptation has seized you beyond what people normally experience, and God can be trusted not to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. We know this verse sucked out of context. On the contrary, along with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you will endure. Endure as a sojourner, as one who's not trying to set up a habitation and a dwelling because you're traveling as one who endures just like Yeshua Messiah. And what did he do? He learned obedience through the things he endured and suffered. Therefore, my dear friends, capital letters, exclamation point, run from, (laughs) excuse me, run from idolatry. Run from idolatry. Why are we talking about that? You're about to find out. Run from idolatry. Isaiah chapter 28, it speaks about Judah's rulers who ruled Jerusalem. Okay, they said, the rulers who ruled Jerusalem said, in Isaiah chapter 28, we have made falsehood our refuge and we have become, we have rather concealed ourselves with deception. Therefore, this is what, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I'm laying a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for the foundation. It is firmly placed. The one who believes in it will not be disturbed. The church is disturbed. The church is disturbed right now. Shaken, moved, nervous, scared to death that her liberties are going to be taken away. That if we don't get this man in office, everything we know is going to be shaken and taken away from us. And we will be disturbed. Why? Because we're not on the foundation stone. The wide-way, evangelical, patriotic, Christian-American church is not on the foundation stone. She's not. She's on another cornerstone that we are about to talk about. But the Lord said, I'm laying a tested stone in Zion, precious cornerstone for the foundation. It is firmly placed. The one who believes in it will not be disturbed. I, I, Yahweh Elohim, Make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Micah chapter 4. But in the Acharit Hayamim, the last days, it's in here again. I won't read all these, but it was interesting, the connection. It will come about that the mountain of Adonai's house will be established as the most important mountain. Okay, so there's other mountains. Kingdom connection, perhaps. Hmm, interesting verbiage. But the most important mountain is going to be Adonai's house. It will be regarded more highly than the other hills. Huh. Nations, goyim, peoples, scattered, kingdoms of men building and being torn down, kingdoms of men building and being torn down. Okay, all these come and go, shakable foundation stones, cornerstones that are not upon Yeshua Messiah. 
But Adonai's house is going to be regarded more highly than the other hills, and peoples will stream there. Many Gentiles will go and say, Come, let's go up to the mountain of Adonai to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion will go forth Torah, the word of Adonai from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and arbitrate for many nations that are far away. You got swords into plowshares, spears into pruning knives. Nations will not raise swords. We know this is like a prophesied, no longer war, no longer violence. The, The not yet... The mouth of Adonai has spoken. All the peoples will walk, each in the name of its God, but we will walk in the name of Adonai, our God, forever and ever. When that day comes, says Adonai, I will assemble the lame, gather those who are dispersed, along with those that I afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant, and those who are driven off a strong nation. He will rule them on Mount Zion from that time forth and forever. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So then, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. Then when? On the contrary, you're fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's family. You've been built on the foundation. The emissaries, the prophets, with the cornerstone being Yeshua the Messiah himself. In union with him, the whole building is held together. And it is growing into a holy temple in union with the Lord. It is growing into a holy temple. Verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 2. Yes, in union with him, you yourselves are being built together into a spiritual dwelling place for God. You're being built together into a spiritual dwelling place for God. Anticipating together a unified people longing for a home that has not yet been brought to us from Yahweh Elohim. The same as Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. When the command went, when the word of the Lord came to him and said, You go, sojourn from here, do not inhabit, do not dwell, and I will bring you into a land. A land like Abraham that I will show you. It's the same. It's the same process. It's the same call. It's the same principle in place. So what did we just look at? And then we're going to get into the heavy stuff of the cornerstone, I think. Oof, so much stuff. The last day's reality, this warning in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, don't be idolaters as as some of those were that went before you. It even talks about the majority were. To the rulers who ruled Jerusalem in Isaiah chapter 28, talks about Yahweh laying a tested stone in Zion that's firmly placed. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. It's not a natural foundation stone. It's not a natural cornerstone. Micah chapter 4 talks about Zion again, the mountain of Adonai. The hill of the Lord being greater than all the other hills. All the other lands pale in comparison to Zion that's yet before us. Ephesians chapter 2. We're growing into a holy temple. We're being built together into a spiritual dwelling place for God. 
endeavoring together alongside other brothers and sisters, longing for a home that is yet before us, free from strife, free from quarreling and fighting. Why? Because we reach the place of expansion where, you know what? I don't want to dwell here. I don't want to dwell here. The command was to be a sojourner. Yes and amen. We are all in a unified endeavor looking towards what is ahead. And this is where we're going to get heavy, right here. And I mean that. I mean that. I'm going to read a lot for the next few minutes. This is when we move into America's history. That is not so lovely. Not so moving, not so stirring. Maybe you've heard about it. Maybe you haven't. So many people I've talked to over the years have not heard these things, which concerns me. We're not talking about these things. We continue to perpetuate lovey-dovey, fantasy-esque versions of the history of this young nation, and it needs to be, it needs to be stopped. We need to talk about, if nothing else, we present it as an alternative view, an option of history. And so we're going to talk about the cornerstone for a couple minutes. And I'm, just, I'm going to tell you, if you are a patriotic Christian American, this is going to really hurt you if you, want, if you want to cling to your national pride in your patriotic ways. This will, this will really hurt you. And that's not my intent. My intent is to shake you from your slumber and present something to you for consideration. And just like I said at the beginning, I believe, of part four, saying, what if it's true? That's all I'm asking you, is, is to present something to you to put into your mind, to your understanding, and say, God, is this true? Father, is this true? And research it for yourself and dig it out. Because there's a lot here, friends. There's a lot here. Most of it, we won't even scratch the surface. But some things we will. And so I, I'm going to tell you right now, in, in all honesty, because I value the, the soberness of this program and, and the biblical understanding of when, when, when truth comes, when understanding comes of something you did not know before, you're going to have to do something with it. And so like, we've got to be careful when we deliver things to people like in this public forum. I don't know who's ready to receive that and who's not. Because, friends, if this is true, if this is true, and this is brought to you, and it becomes in your consciousness, and you become responsible for what you know, friends, you're responsible for a whole world of things that you weren't two minutes ago. It's very sobering. So listen, if you don't want that responsibility, that's fine. We're all in different places. If you don't want to know, if you don't want to know about some things that are written in history about our founding fathers and the cornerstones of this nation, stop now. And yes and amen. Be blessed as you go. Seriously. But if you want to know the truth, so many people that I know and that I love are always saying, man, I only want the truth. I only want the truth. And have gone so far out, just like Lot and Sodom. They've been delivered out so far, but they stop in the valley Looks like America, and it looks awesome. Ah, I, Yahweh, I know you're calling me to go up to your hills, which is interesting that we just read the hill of the Lord, the Adonai's house on the mountain, the highest mountain. To me, it's the same connection, the same correlation. If any of us aren't careful with this American message, the challenging the foundation and cornerstone of this nation, we're going to look up there and say, ah, 
Can I go down here instead? Can I go down here instead to America? Looks real good and favorable for me. Make that choice and continue or not. But we're moving on. And we're going to establish that all other cornerstones are idolatrous ones. All other cornerstones are idolatrous. And we're going to go back in time and we're going to read this because this is history now. This is history all over the internet, all over books and libraries in every city and town of this nation that can be found and read within mere moments with the beauty of the internet for anyone who's willing. We're going to go back to September 17, 1793. Okay? September 17, 1793 in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia. I'm not even going to probably get into that. Look into Columbia. The goddess Columbia. Look into her. The goddess Columbia. Oh, well, no. The District of Columbia was named after Columbus. Then why is there a goddess called Columbia that is all over Washington District of Columbia in in iconography, statues, in idols. Why? Why is she all over the place? This man, we're not even going to touch on that. So in 1793, in Washington District of Columbia, George Washington and other Masonic leaders, including Grandmaster um, Joseph Clark of Maryland, gathered for a Masonic ritual. Many items used for the cornerstone cornerstone ceremony that they had gathered to do were repurposed and used for the placement of foundation stones of other D.C. governmental buildings. In 1793, George Washington, of course, the first president, the founding father of this nation, the face of the nation, who was the highest Mason you can be, with other Masonic leaders from all across the country at the time, did a Masonic ritual to lay the cornerstone of the United States of America. And those items were used to do cornerstones, foundation stones, about other main major buildings throughout the entire District of Columbia. All the governmental buildings. Openly exposed history records state the following. At 10 a.m. on September um, the 18th, the President of the United States, George Washington, and a large group of men crossed the Potomac River to to arrive in the city of Washington, District of Columbia. They were joined by an escort consisting of of the Alexandria Volunteer Artillery and members of Masonic Lodges from Virginia and Maryland. And they all proceeded to the construction grounds for the House of the Cornerstone, approximately 1.5 miles away. At the site of the Capitol, President Washington was received by Joseph Clark, who we already talked about, um, He was the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of the State of Maryland. A silver plaque fashioned by a local silversmith was handed to Washington, who stepped into the foundation trench and placed the plaque, whereupon the cornerstone was lowered. The plaque was inscribed with a brief tribute to the military valor and prudence of George Washington and dedicated the building in the first year 
of the second term of the presidency of George Washington in the year of masonry, 5,793. Washington, accompanied by three worshipful masters carrying sacrifices of corn, wine, and oil, struck the stone three times with a gavel, as prescribed by Masonic custom. Washington exited the trench to ritual chanting by the assembled Masons and a 15-gun salute, one for each U.S. state at the time. Clark, the man who was with him, the other grandmaster, then delivered a short invocation after which a 500-pound ox was slaughtered and roasted. Can we stop for a mere moment and think about that scene? At the founding, I mean the founding now, of a digging out of a trench to lay the foundation cornerstone of the representation of this nation is this event. The trowel and the gavel were removed and used for Masonic ritual ceremonies throughout history, from then until now, even modern day. They are ongoing services commemorating the event. In 1993, the bicentennial ceremony was attended by the Grand Masters of each of the 50 Grand Lodges in the United States. It was announced then that a tricentennial observance will take place in the year 2093. So what was, has always been, and continues to be present day, and even goes into the future planning all the way up to 2093 when they will ceremonially repeat it ritually again. An oil painting was created to depict the original cornerstone setting ceremony. And again, this is public information, y'all. This is just mere history. In Masonic texts, in historical sites, in history of, of the District of Columbia, history of buildings of District of Columbia. This is just known fact. This is not some weird website where some underground conspiracy theory has come up with stuff. This is governmental history websites and books. An oil painting was created to depict the original United States of America cornerstone ceremony. It is housed in a building that is called the House of the Temple, which is one mile north of the White House. Okay, the painting is there that depicted this cornerstone ceremony. In the House of the Temple is the name of the building. The painting itself is at the seat of what is called the Supreme Council of the Scottish Rite. The full name of the Supreme Council might intrigue you. The, this is the full name now. This is real life. I'm not, make, I'm not creative enough to make this stuff up. The Supreme Council, Mother Council of the World, of the Inspectors General Knights Commander of the House of the Temple of Solomon of the 33rd degree of the ancient and accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry of the Southern Jurisdiction of the United States of America. This stuff, and we are, we are not even on the, on the skin surface of this thing. We're not even on the molecular level of the surface with this stuff. Sounds like fantasy. It sounds like a, a novel. 
sci-fi almost. Like, what are they talking about? Supreme Council of Mother Council of the World? What are they talking about? <laughs> but this building, okay, where this picture is, in the House of the Temple building, in Washington District of Columbia now, the House of the Temple is the name of the building today. This picture sits. This building that is within was modeled after a tomb in, in what is now modern-day Turkey. This tomb that it's modeled after was erected in 330 B.C. The tomb was known as one of the original seven wonders of the world. It's recorded that as a former, excuse me, it's recorded that as a form of sacrifice ritual, dead animals were placed on the stairs of this tomb. Leading up to the tomb, they would be scattered on the steps, and it was described like this. The tomb stairway was flanked by stone lions leading up to the top of the platform, which bore along its outer walls many statues of gods and goddesses. At each corner, stone warriors were mounted on horseback that guarded the tomb. At the center of the platform, the marble tomb rose as a square, tapering block to one-third of the mausoleum's, mausoleum's 150-foot height. This section was covered with different depictions showing action scenes, such as the Battle of Centaurs with the warrior sons of the god Apollo in, com in combat with Amazon warrior women. <coughs> Excuse me. Now this sounds like, Joel, this is almost laughable. This is American history. This is American history. This is the founding of this nation. Why am I telling you this? Why in the world does any of this stuff matter? I'm just beginning to set a precedence with the cornerstone understanding being at the forefront here in a, in a sojourning through this land. I'm trying to begin to insert some things factually in history why you might want to consider not being an inhabitant here anymore in your heart. So I'm just asking, in this Christian nation <laughs> founded upon God's law, why? Why are these things happening? And why is there a building called the House of the Temple in the home of this nation that was built after a tomb, an ancient tomb now, covered with gods and goddesses where animal sacrifices were laid out all over the steps? What does this have to do with the laws of Yahweh Elohim? What does it have to do with him? This is the nation <laughs> that you're trying to cram the kingdom into. It cannot happen, period. We're not meant to be dwellers. And this is, I mean, this is tiny, y'all. We got a long, 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 long way to go. With just barely scratching the surface of the pagan origins of this nation. I'm just going to throw out a few things. The Lord led me to something very specific that is a is like we're going to draw out all these things right here that summarize the founding of this nation and what the source of it is that's going to make it crystal clear for anyone with, with willing eyes to see. So just like imagine this scene. And you can find this stuff, again, all over the internet, all over the internet, 
on historical history of Washington District of Columbia websites and founding of this nation origins. Facts now. You will see George Washington in his full Masonic regalia holding a trowel. I have seen videos. I have seen videos of just, I think it was 1993, the last time they did the ceremony, of Masons, Grand Master Masons, on the same place pouring oil and pouring wine and chanting Masonic rituals on the cornerstone of the United States of America. We're laying a foundation of something. We have to ask what? We have to ask what land we are dwelling within and what is her cornerstone? Is her cornerstone Yeshua Messiah? I mean, really, if this is history now, was George Washington establishing any in any way, in any way, a cornerstone upon the unshakable stone in Zion that we just read about? No. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 28. Thus says Yahweh Elohim, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not rush here and there and be disturbed. Friends, a literal and a spiritual cornerstone was placed at the home of this nation at its birth. At the founding of this nation, a foundation stone was laid. A literal cornerstone was laid. It was not, it is not, and it will never be Yeshua Messiah, period. It has been laid. It was laid in 1793. It was already laid. The cornerstone is already history 225 years ago. Less than that. History is made for this nation. Her cornerstone was set by her founder. What I'm saying is everything that we are seeing today is flowing out of that cornerstone reality. America is pagan. America is founded on idolatrous principles, Masonic rituals, deities that are not Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh has not placed his name here on America. He has not, and he will not. We need to sojourn out of her. Right now. Right now. Christian, patriotic, evangelical America needs to come out. She has become an inhabitant of a land that she was meant to sojourn through. Effect? Yes. Alter? Yes. Establish an unshakable kingdom within? Yes. Amen. But she's become like her inhabitants. And thank the Father. He's shaking her. He's shaking her to come out. Just like Isaac's well, 
the wells of his father, Genesis chapter 26, the father is speaking, saying, I'm shaking you. The inhabitants of the land, the dwellers of the land that you were never meant to inhabit are shaking you, frustrating you, trying to run you off, trying to get you out. Will you go? Like Isaac, will you go? Because only if you go will you find the land of expansion, the well of expansion, the promise of, fa of Father God is only on the going. It's only found in the going. He will deliver us into his land. He will bring us his land. It's, he's a covenantal sure thing. But if we fight, evangelical church, and then we're going to be done with this part here, if you fight, if you continue to contend, and you set your mind to wage war and fight, this is the cornerstone you will inherit. That will be your cornerstone. That Masonic, esoteric, pagan, idolatrous cornerstone will be your cornerstone, and it will not be the, can the, the, the foundation stone laid in Zion. It will not be the same. You cannot have both. One, a dwelling cannot have two cornerstones. It's mixed. It's idolatrous. And Yahweh God hates it. That's what we say about Christmas and everything else. God hates the mixing. It's going to spit you out of his mouth, man. Okay, then what about us? Then what about us? What about the pagan idolatrous literal cornerstone of Masonic origin that started and birthed out this nation? What about her? What about her? What about her? What about her pagan ways? What about her pagan birth? Again, we're scratching the surface, man. The next one we're going to do, we're, if, if you can make it to the next one, if you survive to right here, then praise the Father. Amen. We're, go, we're, we're getting in the elevator. We're closing the door. We're pushing. We're not going to the basement. That will lose everybody. We're going down some more floors. We're going to go down some more floors for whoever's willing to go. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to come out and be separate to the utmost? I pray that you are. This is the Path to Zion podcast. You can find us online 24-7, pathtozion.com. Send us an email, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com is the way to do it. Subscribe here. Again, I don't care if you like it, but subscribe here, follow, and share this with anyone who needs to come out. Share this. The church has got to come out right now. She's got to come out. Just like these scriptures we read. Escape, man. Flee from idolatry. And that can't come until you see that this nation, America, is teeming from the outset with idolatry. We've got to come out and be separate. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Tune back in for the next part. Amen.